Welcome to the Living Out Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Steele, where queer thought leadership meets social justice and well-being. As a personal leadership and life coach, I help GBTQ men use their difference to make a difference, to lead others in creating a more humane world. You can find out more about my coaching and listen to previous podcast episodes at darrensteel.com and check out my magazine on Medium, Think Queerly. So today, I'm titling the podcast, To Make a Difference in the World, You Must Live Out Without Apology. Now, some quick health, health, healthkeeping? Hmm. Some housekeeping before we get started. There's construction going on in my building. Concrete drilling. There it is. I don't know if you can hear it, but it's really difficult for me to edit out. And I don't know when this is going to end today. So I'm just recording. If you hear it, you now know why. Number two, this is take two. I did a beautiful version of this podcast and I pressed play in my software instead of record there's got to be some flashing right that says something like, dildo, dum-dum, pay attention. <laughs> so here I am. If you're enjoying the podcast, would you do me a favor and leave me a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen and share this podcast with your friends wherever you are on social media and make sure to tag me. I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook or Leave me a question or a comment on one of the blog post entries and let me know how I can help or what it is that maybe you're struggling with. I'd love to see what I can do to help you move, move forward and, and, and use your difference to make a difference in the world. All right. To make a difference in the world, you must live out without apology. Which begs the question, have you left any best parts of you? In the closet. So there are, are two examples in my own life where, you know, I felt like I was living fully out, proud, gay, expressing who I was. And other than now, because the life I live now, everything I do is LGBTQ. My podcast, my writing, my publication on Medium, the independent marketing I do for an LGBTQ media company here in the Toronto area. And more things that I'm working on. It's like I'm gay all the time. I love it. So in retrospect, there was a, a long period where, you know, within the limitations of the status quo of those decades, there were a couple times when I felt like I had come out too much and too far. And I wonder if you've had that same experience. The the influences from the outside world, from the people around me and people's opinions and the status quo in general, I made the choice, but it felt like I was being forced back into the closet. Not all of me, but parts of me. Now, when I was 35 in 2001, I decided that I wanted to have fun and do something different visibly for myself. I hadn't changed my appearance in a very long time and I had never dyed my hair. Now, faux hawks, like a, you know, not a complete mohawk, faux hawk hairstyles were all the rage in 2000, 2001. It may have just been that one summer. And I, I went to my hairdresser and I said, do this for me and, and let's dye my hair. And she said, okay, well, let's just do tips. We'll do like fire engine red tips on your hair. I thought it looked great. And 
I'm not going to dig out a picture. <laughs> uh, but it's my favorite color besides yellow. I love red. I love bright, intense reds. I've even had red as one of the colors on my wall. This even reminds me of a, a friend I had at the time. I had seven different colors on the walls in my apartment. And he's like, this is too much. You have to paint your apartment. I listened to him and I, I regretted, regretted taking all those colors away because that's who I am. That was me suppressing my identity because of what someone told me and because I trusted their opinion. So I remember shortly after Pride going to see one of my private personal training clients at her home. And when she opened the door, the look she gave me, it was so judgmental and dismissive. And she even suggested that I should tone it down a little bit to try and fit in, which translated to, you're not being professional enough. Now, the single most symbolic visual example or representation for me living out fully was when I got both of my ears pierced. It was the late 80s and I started with just one ear. And I think literally a couple of weeks later, I realized, no, I, I kind of compromised on what I originally wanted, thinking that it would be safer to only do one ear. So I went back and got the other ear pierced. I tended to wear hoops for years, larger hoops, not small ones and not studs in the ears because I wanted to stand out. Now, when I took a, a position at a high-end um, gym in the Toronto Financial District, management at the beginning, once I was hired, sat down, gave me all the rules and regulations and told me that I'd have to take my earrings out, that men were not allowed to wear jewelry, but men, employees, right down to even custodians, we're not allowed to wear jewelry for safety reasons, quote unquote. And the truth is that's nothing short than short of like a, a soft homophobia trying to be the status quo and looking professional because, oh my gosh, a man can't have earrings and look professional. So I took the earrings out. But they were a strong and physical symbol, a way I could say without words, hey, notice me, I'm gay, I'm queer, I'm different. And, you know, maybe I needed to be noticed, maybe I needed attention pointed my, that, that way towards me because that was me working through parts of me that were still in the closet and I was almost trying to have others look at me, not so much as a self-defense mechanism, but... Just how I think, if like if people notice, then maybe I could be more of that or maybe I could push boundaries because I've always tried to figure out how much of the walls can I push out in either direction? How much can I expand the status quo so that I don't feel like I'm in a box? But I realize for the 10 years that I worked at that club, I never once put those earrings back in, not even when I went out on weekends and wasn't at work. They just stayed out of my ears and they're still in a drawer at home. And for every year that I didn't wear those earrings, I feel I lost touch with parts of my identity and the best of who I was and was, was trying to let out of me at that time. You know, I put parts of me back in the closet to try and fit in to the status quo, to do well in my training business. And in truth, my clients at the gym would not have given a flying fuck 
about my earrings or whether I had purple hair for that matter. They wanted a great, safe, engaging workout that fulfilled their needs, that meant they were making progress on whatever they decided uh, to hire me for in the first place. And they wanted a good relationship with me. They wanted to feel like they could trust me. They wanted to feel safe. They wanted to feel empathy when needed and understood. And they received that from me. And I believe in some ways that taking my earrings out was symbolic of why my personal training business never really took off in the way that I had imagined it would or had hoped for. And I'm not boasting, but I was an exceptional personal trainer. And I still am. I do it a little bit. I was very good at helping people move and understanding how to move and to see issues with how people were moving. I had a very, I've developed a very good coaching eye for seeing how people move. And I had a really good understanding and empathy in helping people with their nutrition and and accepting themselves for where they were at with their bodies and, and, and not, and trying not to get consumed by the conditions and the status quo they were telling them about what they were supposed to do to change their body in order to try and fit in. Kind of a good connection there, how I had to deal with my own identity and coming out and suppression of parts of my identity as a way of helping other people accept themselves for who they are at whatever weight they were at. I was a consummate professional in that industry, and I'm a consonant, consonant? <laughs> I'm a consummate professional as a coach and in the work that I do in my writing and my podcasting. But if you can't be all the parts of who you are that make up the best of who you are, and if you closet or suppress any parts of your gifts, your talents, and your identity, and when that core part of your identity, in my case, is being gay, is being queer identified, you can't be completely you. You can't fully express all the best parts of you that come together to create that whole. And I think that's why a couple of years ago, I wrote kind of a tongue-in-cheek titled post, I broke with broke up with him and now I'm free. What I broke up with was letting go of the personal training path and career that I thought was going to be my end career and transitioning into life coaching and and launching my Think Queerly publication on Medium to get back into all things LGBTQ because that's the core of my identity. And I couldn't quite seize onto all of that in the health and fitness world. Maybe other people have, but I, I just couldn't get it. And I think part of that was trying so hard to fit in and be accepted right down to taking the earrings out when I should have said no. I should have, maybe I should have walked away. At the time, I needed that opportunity for financial reasons. And that's sometimes one of the conditions that we might choose to follow. Maybe we need to challenge that. But I recognize all of the problems that comes from these kinds of choices. And one of the most gorgeous things about being a gay man anywhere within the LGBTQ spectrum is that we look at the world in a different way. We see through the cracks of the closet door in ways that other people don't see because we've hidden parts of ourselves. We've come out. Maybe we've gone back in. Maybe we're standing in the doorway. We've had to protect ourselves. We've had to know and to judge and make assessments about when it's okay to say or act in a certain way or let our guard down. 
And then there are these uniquenesses about us, simple things like why it's not everyone, but why do so many gay men connect well with other women? Why are gay men so much better at listening and empathy than other than straight men? And I've spoken about this in, in reference to Raymond Rigoglioso's work and his book, Gay Men in the New Way Forward, and what he calls the 14 distinct gay male gifts that have been discussed and identified in, in the literature of the last mm, 70 years. So if you want to excel as the best of who you are, you need to live out all of your qualities and strengths. And it reminds me of the classic children's story, The Princess and the Pea. You know, if you're laying on top of 10 mattresses and you're pressing on a hidden part of you that's been stuck under the last mattress for, oh, so many years, something you've shoved under, tried to forget, well, you're going to feel that, aren't you? Because it's so present doesn't matter how darkly hidden, it's still there, it's still uncomfortable, until you pull it out and just deal with the darn thing. When you hold back any part of who you are, you'll always second-guess yourself and who you are. You might wonder if your actions are perceived as too gay or too queer or too flamboyant, or if someone then sees a part of you that you didn't want to reveal. There are times when we need to protect ourselves from physical harm. There are situations in our workplace where we, you might worry about being too out or expressing your opinion about something that was said that might be homophobic or transphobic that maybe could limit your career growth. But when will you stand up and say what's the right thing to say? What the fuck is too out? And what the fuck is hiding ourselves at the expense of our humanity? Why can't we just be ourselves, all of us, all people? And I mean our best selves. I don't mean why can't we just be, you know, our, our worst self all the time and then we're going to be just annoying to other people or, or horrible. I mean, why can't we be the best parts of who we are? openly and freely? Why can't we be gay, bi, trans, queer, and every other quality, skill, or characteristic? Why can't we live out our uniqueness? Why can't you live without the discomfort of hiding a best part, a unique part of your identity? How can you embrace your gay identity, your queerness, along with your hopes and your dreams and your goals, with the things that you were passionate about that maybe you tossed back into the closet after you first came out? As GBT men, as gay, bi, trans, and queer men, GBTQ men, we are valuable contributors to society. We are unique individuals with valuable insights that are different from our heterosexual counterparts. And not, a, not all heterosexuals are closed-minded, right? We know that. But many heterosexuals have the privilege of never having had to question who they are and may never have 
even thought of questioning the status quo and why things are the way they are. And so many heterosexuals aren't being mean or disrespectful and don't actually have a prejudiced bone in their body, but they may act in a way that puts you off in the wrong way because they've never had to experience feeling othered or different or not as good as or not not a part of. So we may stand on the margins to that and feel excluded. And sometimes we think, uh, if we just step a bit back inside the box, we'll be accepted. But that's not what we need to do, because stepping back, stepping backwards, backwards is the operative word. As soon as we step back into that box, we suppress and we choose to oppress the best parts of who we are at the behest, at the demands, at what seem to be the expectations of the status quo. So much of this depends on how old you are, your generation that you grew up in, when you came out, where you grew up, where you live now, perhaps your ethnicity, your socioeconomic status, whether or not you grew up in a religious or very strict faith-based family. Now, I came out when I was 18 years old, living in Mississauga in 1984, thinking, oh, finally, I can explore who I am. I can head downtown Toronto and and find a gay bar and play being gay and experience my sexual identity and and have sex with other men. And fuck, AIDS happened. There was this virus killing gay men and no one knew how to stop it or how to prevent it or how it was even happening in the first place. They knew it was coming from sex, but they didn't know what were the limits of that. Politicians and religious leaders were having a field day. Look at what's happening to these gay men. They've brought this upon themselves. They're experiencing God's wrath and the evils of having free sex. They're suffering for the sins they have brought upon this earth. Fear, guilt, and shame made so many gay men, so many bi and trans men go back into the closet or at least hide major parts of themselves from other people and or to protect their self-esteem. And many men didn't want to have to face these emotions or criticisms on top of their mortality. So whenever you came out of the closet, whether it be at the time that I did with, or 10 years ago or five years ago, with all the drama or the time that it took to get to that point, maybe you were thinking, shit, I've, I've come out, but... Maybe I need to go back into the closet a little bit more so because I don't feel like I'm fitting in right now and then I'll feel safe. Brene Brown talks about when she says when you, you express too much of your emotions, you have a vulnerability hangover the next day, like, like drinking too much and having a hangover because you feel like you've revealed too much of yourself. You said too much. You regret what you've said or done because now you can't take it back because it's out in the open. So you try and put some parts of you back in the closet. But that just suppresses your humanity, your humaneness, your human expression, which is your identity, your authenticity. So the alternative, what happens when you live fully out as a gay, bi, trans, trans, 
queer man. Are you at a point in your life where you're asking, okay, what the hell? Why, why have I gone back into this kind of a closet that I've now like, you know, decorated and made all pretty so it doesn't seem like I'm living in a fucking closet anymore? And a- after having gone through all of that drama and, and dealing with gay shame and, and dealing with all of the emotions and the blocks that I had to deal with in the first time, why am I still now actually consciously choosing to put any parts of me back in the closet? Why am I not living out? All of me, without internalized judgment or shame. You see, deep, truthful, profound happiness, emotional well-being, and thriving in those states requires being and expressing every part of who you are without apology to anyone else. And that doesn't mean being a dick and being an asshole or arrogant or disrespectful. It means that. If someone cannot accept you for who you are, that's their issue, not yours. Once you get to that place of living fully out, all the parts of you that make up who you are, that's when you can do great things. That's when you can have an impact on the people around you or on the world, because the more we are free, the more we are free. Any parts of us, whether that be our, our LGBTQ identity or, or somebody in grade seven told you you were a terrible drawer, even though you were good, and now you believe it still 40 years later, until you deal with that, until you let go of that block, that chain around a mistake that's created a kind of identity of, of, of false narrative until you rewrite that story, until you free yourself from that. You can't experience all of your gifts to their fullest extent because when we have any of these blocks, they're judgments. So when you allow yourself to be more free and and almost like a laissez-faire, don't give a fuck attitude, but like I said before, just trusting in the no apology of being who you are, Suddenly the world opens up, your eyes open up to the things that maybe you haven't tried that you've been afraid to try because of internalized shame or judgment or having blocked other parts of who you are. Suddenly you're like, I want to take a poetry class. I want to pursue a photography class. I want to go out and try this kind of dance that I've never done before. I've had it with this career. I quit. I'm going to go do something else. Because you finally start to feel your humanity, that being is, being means being fully present in the moment, not regressed into a past state of some sort of a box and closet, or focused only on what you're trying to accomplish in the future, and only making plans in the future when you're not even being in this moment, being now, being fully just who you are. It doesn't have to be just about flaunting your queerness, and there ain't anything wrong with flaunting it. It's about embracing your gayness, your queerness, and living with all the best parts of who you are. Yes, You are more than just a gay, bi, trans, queer man, or any person for that matter. You deserve to love and express 
all the parts of who you are and be loved by others for every iota of who you are. And this for me is a a movement. Movement means expressing, moving forward, the living out movement, because I'm working to help contribute to this to improve the lives of GBTQ men through my podcast, through my writing, through my coaching, and building upon this idea of living out leadership, working with people of similar mindsets who want to break free of the box they've built up around themselves. So let's help each other learn, grow, evolve, and build the potential of each other's unique identity. Let's give up the judgment or the fear or the disdain or the feeling like, this person is so far ahead of me. Let's let go of the competition of where somebody is who is fully out and expressing themselves. Let's honor that. Let's recognize that. Let's champion those heroes who risk more by being out more fully and living out the best of who they are because they are the ones who are setting the example. Because the more visible we are, the easier it is for us to gain traction and gain acceptance. The more visible we are, the more we live out our potential and use our difference to make a positive difference in the world, the more that it becomes apparent to people who may be somewhere in the middle that those people who are really against us may seem more, more and more crazy to them. People like Trump that are doing everything they can to demonize LGBTQ people or Putin. The more we are fully out and expressive, uh, expressive of who we are, it's like anything. Other people become accustomed to the things that they see more often. It diminishes that difference. We want to harness that uniqueness about who we are and to hold on to it and to present it. We don't want to assimilate, but we don't want to create a complete living on the opposite side of the spectrum either. It's about being fully present, being fully seen. And that's how we are going to change and improve the world. Whether that be something as important as climate change, you might be thinking like, where the heck does this come from? But that's about us accepting ourselves for who we are, recognizing that we have to take responsibility for ourselves. And that starts with the place where we live, the planet, to the far end of getting the kind of equality for everyone in this world. Think about that. Think about one step you can take today to live out more fully and expressively who you are as a queer person. And be proud of that person. You're worth it and you deserve it.